Welcome to the Nirvana Strength Practitioners Panel Podcast. I'm Ian McLeod, the co-founder of Nirvana Strength. And on today's episode, we're going to be joined by the man himself, Mike Vestile. Actually, there's not, I mean, he's got a lot going on uh, in his life. And he's going to share a little bit with that with you guys. And uh, everything from YouTube to Instagram to uh, entrepreneurship to uh, speaker to maybe a book drug dealer. Coming, drug dealer no, no I'm joking yeah there's a, a book there's a book <laughs> yeah yeah uh, so maybe yeah book coming okay so no it's already out it's out already yeah second book the second edition no the first soon. one first one yeah the first one's like super old though I made it like two years ago yeah that's yeah. not still it's a book I don't yeah. have a book yeah okay yeah <laughs> so today's uh, podcast is uh, being recorded at the Haven Suites Bali Barra Hotel which is located in a prime location in Chenggu, Bali it will help make your vacation epic and this this room that we're in is pretty pretty That's epic pretty actually dope. yeah I think it's like the family suite or something yeah get a I could see someone raising a family in here <laughs> uh, so yeah so this podcast is uh, doesn't necessarily have to be uh, health or fitness focused, right? We're just focused on health perf- or human performance optimization, right? Mm. So how do you become the best version of yourself? So Mike, maybe give a quick uh, bio of yourself and then we'll kind of talk about what you're doing in your life to thrive yeah. and not just survive this mm. thing called we call life, right? Yeah, man. So uh, to sum up my entire story really short, I remember... My entire life, I was supposed to be either a doctor, dentist, nurse, engineer, lawyer, or just disowned from like an Asian family. <laughs> yeah. I didn't really your, have your parents are from where? Philippines. Okay. Yeah, like they won't even feed you if you don't. Or we won't feed you, right? Yeah. Um, so my entire life, I was just in that path. Then, of course, kind of like um, much like yourself, you start questioning the things that you were taught, the things that you were supposed to do, the box that you were like imprinted in. So at around 18 or 19, I started getting good at selling stuff online, right? It could be grill mats, barbecue like gloves. on eBay or something like that? Everything, yeah. yeah. Uh, well, before that, I would do some direct sales. Yeah. So I would do a bunch of like, um, I, would, I, would, I was like, I remember it was like direct sales and a little bit of network marketing. You see a lot of those people like running around selling their oils here in Changu. It's like pretty funny. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that was like the first time... I started actually thinking different, right? Because for example, everything that we're doing right now, human optimization, most people don't think about that because they're just focusing on reacting to everything that's going on in their life, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, everybody's yeah. life tends to be so stressful with regards to reacting to their job. Maybe they're just yeah. taking public transport and worried about some dude like pulling on his wanker in front of you. Yeah, that's like the biggest thing. Yeah. And I remember I went to this event and it was the first time that I started seeing other people that were questioning their jobs, their lives that I started studying. And I remember I was, I think I was like 18 years old. I was reading up on meditation and I was uh, in college mm-hmm. trying to meditate. And I remember back in the day, like when I was 18, no one really meditated in college. It wasn't this yoga thing. Uh, it, w- it didn't really have that sex appeal. And I remember I was just already trying to focus on mastering my mind mm-hmm. because the moment, like you ever like sit down and just chill in your own thoughts and then you realize, holy crap, some of these thoughts that I'm thinking are actually really, really negative. Yeah, I think, I mean, you're, you definitely started off yeah. this I, exploration of yourself and, and self-realization a lot earlier than I did. You know, when I was, man, when I was 
in, in university playing uh, football and stuff, like I was just so concerned with, um, I was working all the time. Yeah. Um, just, and then playing sports and then in my free time, whenever I had somewhere and I was just basically, uh, trying to escape from the world by drowning myself in alcohol. Yeah. And, and, and we do this in university. I mean, so many university students just drink, 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 drink. Uh, I think my sophomore year, our university was number like per ratio for the ratio wise yep. we were number one in the nation in liquor consumption mm. just partied so much so the idea of like meditating when i was like 20 21 like it just wasn't didn't come across to anybody really so that's that's a really cool thing man but, but, but it was really weird because i would meditate and then when i would focus on reading all these books i would then go back to my friends and i couldn't relate to them so then i would actually have to get drunk <laughs> so I'm not like this yeah. guru on the model like man okay. he was meditating at yeah. 18 there was such a disconnect between me and my friends and my family that I actually reverted yeah. to alcohol even though I was like trying to focus on myself it was so backwards were right? you were you always quite uh, outgoing no so I, I was, was like I was man super super yeah, uh, super shy, shy. Like, I couldn't even talk to women like, mm-hmm. and uh, alcohol for me was it helped me just just relax and not have yeah. to like always think be self-conscious about like about my actions and and what i was doing well it's like the perfect excuse right if you say something bad then you're oh it's alcohol yeah. but when you're sober you say something bad you have to own it mm-hmm. you know and you have to realize like holy crap there's no i can't hide behind anything they either have to like me or not and then i have to just deal with the consequences right yeah. and so for there i was in college i ended up dropping out my first year of dental school so I got accepted into this accelerated dental program mm. where I would become a dentist within seven years. Uh, I would have to do- That's th- accelerated. Yeah, accelerated, <laughs> seven years, right? So I would have to do three years undergrad and then four years of dental school. I got the three years done. Yeah. And the first year of dental school, I ended up leaving. I'm like, okay, can I get my diploma? Cause I finished the three years. They're like, no, you have to finish one year of dental school before you, we give you your piece of paper. Mm. So I'm like, I'm not gonna spend 60 grand for just this piece of paper and not complete the dentist thing. Yeah. So I ended up leaving, was super sad, super depressed. I was selling stuff on eBay, just like doing a little bunch of odd things to make money online. Uh, but just through mentorship, focusing on finding the right people, because I realized I didn't know what I didn't know. I had to find people that either had the lifestyle that I wanted, mm-hmm. I started seeking these people out either online or messaging groups and really just found ways to add value to them to the point where they would start teaching me the tools of the trade of yeah. online marketing, right? And from there, you know, I ended up scaling some eBay businesses, some Amazon businesses, uh, but it really hit when I started getting into like paid advertising and instead of depending on other marketplaces, you kind of create your own demand mm. with advertising. That ended up going really big. It did uh, zero to 1.5 million in sales in 12 months. Yeah. And from that, that's kind of when I was like, okay, I need to leave. Like once it started scaling, I was like, okay, I need to leave America because it wasn't conducive for me. Mm. And that's kind of when I went on this like entire soul seeking journey that I'm still basically on right now to really kind of what you were talking about optimize me as a human being, mm-hmm. right? Not only to just make money, not only to just like look sexy naked, but to really be a happy person that is fulfilled, that is surrounded by an amazing community right. and um, that doesn't end up breaking 
myself if I accidentally slip on a banana peel, like we were talking about in our podcast, right? Yeah, yeah. So I do uh, find it quite interesting with a lot of people, and it sometimes takes them a really long time. You know, they'll focus on like making money, and then they make a ton of money, and then they're like, okay, now what? Do I just keep going and make more money? Uh, or you know, do I get a really good looking body, and then once I get the good looking body, it's like, okay, now what? Does it mm. does it just end at that point? Uh, I think it's uh, no, it's really cool that you're able to just continue the the process and looking for how can you get better and get better and get better. Mm. But going back to the the very beginning of your process, right, where you're like seeking out people and you're trying to actively add value to to them, you know, instead of just because I, I, I definitely had quite a few situations where people are wanting to uh, further their education but they they do it by they'll say something like oh I'll just like can I can I just take out your garbage and I'll help you that way like how would you how did you find specific things that actually helped the people in, in their own specific ways yeah. uh, that essentially like encourage them to then want to help reciprocate mm. right yeah, so I would also, I would always like think about it from their perspective because, for example, we're all trying to reach our goals, right? And the problem with most people, if they're not just like this crazy unicorn that is just rare amongst most of us mere mortals, mm-hmm. is they don't have all aspects of their life figured out, right? So, for example, for me, when I was 18, only focusing on my health, my health was good. I was shredded. I weighed 195 pounds. I deadlifted 415 pounds. I benched 315 pounds. Yeah. But when it came to my confidence, it was almost like me overcompensating, mm-hmm. right? Kind of like the guy at the bar that's like, oh, I have this nice watch. I have this like, and the girl's <laughs> like, get the hell out of here, right? Yeah, yeah. I was shy. I was nervous and I had no business. Or when I was focused on my business, my health deteriorated. Mm-hmm. Um, and my relationships were horrible or when I took some of that money and I lived in Vegas for 30 days to focus on my love life, everything else just like got destroyed. Right. So it's very hard. Like I wouldn't say that I have everything figured out because I'm like 25 and I'm still trying to figure out what I actually want out of life. What am I going to do? What, what I was put on this earth to do. But most people that are in any aspect of their life, they'll only have either their health or their wealth, they might not have love and happiness, Mm. right? It's like out of health, wealth, love and happiness, they'll probably have at most two or three. So before even getting in contact with them, if they're not someone that you could just meet up and like go to Nirvana gym and be like, oh yeah, how's it going, man? And then ask them questions, which is by the way, like your gym, man, and everyone that I meet, everyone just cares about giving and adding value without actually any taking. It's amazing. That's, That's one of the reasons why I'm always there now. Just because um, the people there are just the highest caliber, right? No, it's good to have you. And I think, yeah, it's, it's part of, yeah. you know, I think for a lot of people, it tends to be the environment that they're in yeah. that, where they're always under the assumption that it's like, okay, this person is, even if someone's doing good for you, you're always in the back of your head. It's okay, what does this guy want? Like, what is, what is he? he? He wants something. He's he no wants reason. Something. He wants something from me. But I do find, yeah, at the gym, like so many people are coming from a very like genuine interest in wanting to help people get better and to in a true sense of like the word of like a tribe in that everybody in the community wants to help the community Mm. you know and sure like and but people just generally know that by helping the others in the community that they're helping themselves because you know it's the same with like networking you know like if you network and you uh, build good relationships Mm -hmm. uh, like even if we 
even if we had, like you had a business that I really needed to help my business grow, um, you know, even if your business was, maybe your services were more expensive than someone else's, like just because we have yeah. a really good personal connection and good network, like I know that I don't have to worry about having a shit job done, or, you mm-hmm. know, or... Um, but you know where I live. Yeah, so you know, know where I'll <laughs> find you, yeah. 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 Well, so. man, it's like insane, though, because at your gym, it's some of the most intimidating people, too, that you would have never approached in a million years. Like, you see Daryl, he's literally huge, yeah. <laughs> giving me advice on how to stretch, yeah. or Dom with big gauges, and he literally look like, he literally hunts animals with his bare hands, right, only eats meat, just giving you advice on nutrition, and... Yeah. It's not like the ego advice where like you're at the gym back in the States and you're like, yo, bro, you got to like do the squat a little bit more. And yeah. he's doing it more for him than you. Mm. But man, it, it was just amazing. And I think back to the question that you asked is one of the biggest things is number one to add value, but it has to be a very specific value. Right. So in most networking events when I go to, even if um, I'm having a good time or people might think that I'm drunk when I'm not, I'm just like freaking crazy at social (laughs) events. Uh, One of the biggest questions, if there's someone that I wanna meet that I wanna add value to, I'll just ask them two questions. And that is number one, what is the thing that you're most excited about in life? Number two, what is your biggest pain point right now in your life? And for me, based on just networking as much as possible, I know that I can either solve one of their pain points or fuel one of their passions or connect them to somebody that can solve that. When in essence, you know, you, you're almost like capturing the value in yeah. not a sociopathic way, mm. right? You're like, okay, this person needs this person. I'm just gonna introduce them and then just get the hell out. Yeah. And for some reason, you know, like, it's like this concept that I really think, uh, like it's called the you army okay where when you add so much value to so many people and you then state your intention even if you don't have the answer even if you don't know the person just from the degrees of separation and you're with a good group of people they yeah. may know somebody that can then solve your problem mm-hmm. kind of like the mastermind principle yeah. right which the like edison henry ford rockefeller did they didn't have to be the smartest people in the world they just he just pressed one button and he could get any answer or solve any problem with someone that he knows either in his immediate network or one of his friends networks right and having a good network is such an important part aspect of life because there's no way that one person can know everything to the to the degree that they i don't know like as to a specialist right i mean specialists specialists are specialists for a reason like that's the biggest focus that they have um, but having a general knowledge of like knowing who who or what makes the best um, you know author or who what makes the best um, anyone in, in any particular field, I find that people who are really good, no matter what the arena, tend to approach their craft in very similar ways. Uh, have sim have some very similar values and principles. Not that those values and principles apply to other aspects of their life. But at least to their specific craft, it will. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's why for me, I always have the, if I ever have the opportunity to listen to a high, you know, performer, practitioner, no matter what the field, it could be in like breakdancing. I, like I have really no interest in breakdancing, but. Really? Well, there are a lot of Koreans that are really good at breakdancing. They're, they're so they're good. They're so good. They make you feel inadequate at the dance floor. Like. You're just yeah. doing your hitch move, you know? Well, you don't really <laughs> see, yeah, you don't really see them so much like on the regular dance floor. You yeah. go to competitions and see them. Um, but, um, 
But yeah, I mean, you, don't, you understand what I mean, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah it's um, I one of the biggest things that I've learned, and kind of like what your mindset was with that is some of the best inventions were when people in one industry would kind of like peek over the veil into a different industry, you know, kind of like for example, you're in the movement industry mm-hmm. and the fitness industry, yet if you peered over at the breakdancing community, mm-hmm. well. You, you'd be lying to not say that they have something in their flexibility while also having strength, yeah. while also having crazy movement and dexterity where they're actually not getting injured if you see these people. Well, there's definitely, because really? there's definitely a lot of high impact stuff that they do. Yeah. Right? How can you um, put your entire body weight onto your, you know, fingers? You'd be Asian and, and weigh 30 pounds. Well, that's part of it. It <laughs> definitely helps, yeah. But, uh, yeah, I mean, the idea of optimizing, right, is yeah. that you need to go outside the box and you can't just think in, inside of a system because the system in itself, just the word system, means that it's going to be very limited, right? Mm. And uh, Who's to say that the system isn't already broken, but people are just copying that system because that's just what they've been taught this entire time? Yeah, very true. I mean, there's so many people, I mean, there's even a fitness industry where you can get like 20 certifications for all these different exercise programs, TRX, yeah. uh, you can get a yoga cert, you can you can get all the certifications you want, but the problem is that each certification is in, a, in, in itself a system. And if you can't separate the good parts of it from the bad parts and find what is, you're able to actually apply to your own unique uh, industry or your own unique uh, niche then you're just gonna end up being like everybody else yeah. who's who's even creating these certi- certifications i feel like that's the business to get into they're all i mean for the most part like these fitness and health so-called professionals yeah that they're all business people and they're, they're all, the bis- they're all business standard. people create yeah. yeah so like in november there's like a business like fitness summit and the entire summit is just all the the business owners of these health gyms um of these health organizations and you find that a lot of these big time health professionals, so called professionals, don't even know what they're talking about. They're so fat, or they're so like not flexible, or like they had, they just like don't. You you look at them and you're like, yeah. you're not in the health profession. It's like no asking way. a fat person how to get a six pack. You know? Yeah, yeah. yeah like, yeah. hey, bro, how do you look so sexy naked? You're like, what? What are you talking about? This thing? But like, I was talking to a friend on the beach the other day. She was talking about uh, getting certified for yoga. I'm like, okay, well, what certifies you? to uh, be able to teach yoga teacher training. And she's like, oh yeah, you know, I just go to this website and I fill out a form and then I just give them money. I'm like, what? <laughs> like there's no, te- like I can yeah, go in. Yeah. There was this other person that look, literally looked like Jesus on the beach. Yeah. I'm like, bro, do you know how easy it is to get like a Yoda, yoga shirt? You just go to this website, put in your thing. And I'm like, yeah. we can open up like the Jesus Buddha yoga training yeah. for people. Like there's no, like, and who's to say that that's a standard, right? Yeah. I have this Indian friend that was saying, dude, the Western way of doing yoga is not how we do yoga. Mm. I'm like, damn. So it it gets to the point with... Well, a lot of it now is just marketing. Yeah. I mean, you think about even now we get all the yoga yoga brands, clothing brands. I mean, Lululemon, though, I I really do like their clothing. Yeah, they got... I mean, their marketing is to, you know, yogis. And uh, I think even was like their... One of the CEO or something got in trouble because he was like, someone asked... Him, why don't they make bigger size clothing? And he was like, "Well, our clothes are not for like fat people." Mm. And uh, and he got there was a huge backlash um, yeah. on him for saying something like that. Um, but uh, but yeah, all the all the clothing brands, you know, obviously they're 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 playing towards certain branding, right? Yeah. Um, but 
Yeah. What are you What are you working on now with regards to your fitness, your health? My fitness, like it, it's very, like it changes a lot, right? Like for example, when I was younger, it was just more focused on strength. For now, it's I think my biggest focus right now is not only, of course, to like look physically appealing, mm. right? That's that's always like a plus. Uh, but the second thing is more for just really being more in control of my body, right? Mm. Like one of the biggest things is I'm starting to realize as I'm getting older is I'm like human beings are a very fragile like animal, right? Oh, very much The so. most fragile, man. And I don't want to have one little accident just better than me for the rest of my life. Yeah. So before when I was younger, I would just live with my ego, man. Like I remember, I remember I was like lifting, um, like this is when I was like getting really, really heavy. I was 195 pounds. Uh, I was just eating rice and chicken all the freaking time. Uh, I was so heavy that I started just breathing heavy when yeah. I was sitting. You, know, you walk like, up the stairs and you're like, not, not even like walking so, up the stairs. Just, so, just sitting down. I would just be sitting. <laughs> And then my sister would look over at me, yeah. and then you just hear this noise. <sighs> and she's like, why are you snoring when you're awake? And I'm like, <sighs> as I'm just like shoving more potatoes in my mouth. Yeah. And I got so freaking heavy and like focused too much on the ego side, which is just a strength, which yeah. is what most men in their youth really just care about is how can I, like, I, I almost felt inadequate if somebody had a bigger bench or deadlift than me. That's oh, like yeah. how I felt. That was like you know? the measuring tool, right? That like, was, right? How big is your bitch? And your weight. <laughs> like if I dropped less than the weight yeah. than my friend, I would just be unworthy of love. Basically, <laughs> you know, I would just be like, my mom wouldn't feed me or something, yeah. something like that. And I remember it got to the point where, <laughs> this is a weird story, where I was uh, at the gym. I had 415 pounds. So for all the UK peeps out here, like 200-ish kilos. Yeah. Right? I'm like around 195 pounds. So it's like... A little bit more than double, yeah. double my weight. I remember I put the belt so freaking tight, and I'm like looking at, every, at everyone because I was one of those dudes, those assholes that would just grunt like really loud just to see, just so that everyone can look at me. Yeah. So all the times I didn't feel loved or whatever, <laughs> like they could give me some attention right now, right? Yeah. It was super egotistical in my youth, dude. I lifted the weight up, and my belt was so tight. And the weight was so heavy and there was so much pressure and I screamed so damn loud. I was almost like at Super Saiyan 3 at this point, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I heard this noise. It was just like... And I was so freaking scared. I was like, damn, did I just like shit out my intestines? Mm. And I just dropped the weight. And then when I just made sure that I was like still standing, because that, that's like scary when you hear that noise and you have that yeah. much weight. Dude, it was actually a fart. Like when you're when you're lifting that much weight, your butt is so freaking like it's yeah, it just uh, sews itself shut, right? Yeah, dude, that scare alone made me realize okay, maybe I should just focus on movement and mobility. Well, good thing it was just uh, just a fart. I mean, there's yeah. definitely uh, I don't know if there's worse, I don't man. know if they're still up on YouTube, but there's definitely there were some videos that you could find where people are like they're doing like a thousand pound uh, back squat and. They literally just shit out their intestines. Why though? Like, why? Like seriously, like they just they, their intestines uh, just pop, just come out. Just out, just like that. They're, yeah, and that's how like, there's, there, there's other stuff too. Like I mean, there's tons of like gym fails or whatever where people are just like intestines. They're, they're bench pressing too without maybe warming up properly, or whatever, and then they tear their pec, 
and or and the wave falls on top of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or I mean, just really kind of dangerous situations where people are just like yeah. getting massively hurt. What's the reason behind that? Because like for example, like we get into lifting. Most of the times, like before we are maybe more higher consciousness, when we're like in our more primitive stage, we're just like, oh, I just want to like get a six pack so I can get girls. Or yeah. that was kind of like my thing, right? And then we start getting stronger and stronger and stronger. And we get to the point where we realize when we have a good bench press, we're not actually attracting more girls in our crowd. We're just getting more dudes like, yo, bro, how'd you get such a nice chest? How'd you, you, you think about like, when did it switch? Let's say, let's say like, in a time when there was like no actual gyms, right? Yeah. There was never a, a bench press. Like when would you ever actually perform the similar movement of a bench press? Yeah. I mean, you maybe fall on the ground, but you would only pick yourself up. Right? Can you imagine every when would you, time you fall yeah. on the ground, you're just like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, prepared like, for it. Yeah, but seriously though, like when would you ever perform that same yeah. movement pathway of a bench press? If there was something really heavy that you needed to pick up off the ground, like you're, you're not lying down on your back and picking it up, you would more than likely do some variation of a deadlift, right? Yeah. But the actual bench press, when would you ever do that? So when you have like massive amounts of weight, particularly weight that you can't, you maybe you're maxing out and you can't pick it back up. Like you're kind of, I mean, so it's, it's definitely it's an odd situation in that like you're, you're practicing something that you're never going to actually apply to, to real life in that, in that sense. Um, but I mean, this is why I really like calisthenics and gymnastic strength training. Yeah, I'm getting more into it. It's Love just, it. You create massive functional, functional, and I think even the word functional you a real is life totally ninja. messed up. Yeah, I mean, people say, they're like, people now it's like, oh yeah, you squat when you sit on the toilet, so you should work on squats. And it's like, well, maybe it's a little bit more complicated. Do you, do you like the Asian squat though? When you, do you lift the seat and then do you sit on the portion? Sit on top of it. Or you stand on the portion? Like, <laughs> is that what you do? No, but I think I want to, you know? Yeah. Like maybe the rebellious side, because you see that when you go to the bathrooms here, they're like, no durian, and don't stand on the toilet. Those, yeah, those like, I mean, remember, it's, 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 uh, a couple of those uh, infographs or whatever. It's yeah, like, these are the twenty ways you don't use a toilet, and it's like you don't like some people would like face the uh, face the back of the toilet. Oh, my friend does that all the time because you have like a little ledge to nap on if you. Yeah, like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah. some sometimes you're just in there for a minute, right? Yeah, especially if you're in the carnivore diet, and that doesn't come out as easy as when you're eating plants. Are you still doing that now? Carnivore? Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm like mostly pretty, maybe. Yeah, dude. Yesterday I went to the goat place and I had like, like three goat brains. Goat it was good. What? Goat brains. Goat brains. Goat oh, okay. brains. Have you yeah. tra- have you had that? Yeah. I haven't had the brains. It's good. They dude. had the brains there. Yeah, it's like in this banana leaf. Yeah. I I tried getting, like one, but I kept on like you know how like some uh, people here they won't really. Like clarify, okay, yeah, you, your order is through. Yeah. They'll just look at you like you're stupid, because maybe I was. And then they would just go away and start like cooking food. Mm. So I think I told at least four different Indonesian people like cooking. I was like, yo, like you got the brain? You got the... Like I was touching my head just <laughs> yeah, to make yeah, sure. Yeah. Bro, they brought out the uh, the, the soup yeah. and Safina was there and she was just like, mate, you got six brains. I was like, <laughs> What? <laughs> Dude, I was in this one wrong. I spent 200,000 rupiah when, like, uh, yeah. it took, like, yeah, man. That, that's one of the biggest things. And when they looked at me, they're like, you want satay? One? And I'm like, no, I don't want just one stick. I want five. Yeah. They gave me five portions of meat satay. I thought they were just giving me five sticks. Yeah. The How much is each portion? 
I don't, I don't even know, but usually it's like three or four. You even know, no, no, there's a lot. Usually yeah. it's six for each I had portion. a lot, and yeah. I had three soups. Literally, the bill for that go. Have you been? No, a uh, long time ago. Yeah. Two hundred thousand rupiah. Yeah. That's that's nuts, and all were wrong, you know. Yeah. No, that's quite a lot. I gotta, like that's like a quarter of the goat. <laughs> You know? We should do that one time though, where we get just we should just go buy a go buy a buy a pig or yeah. something like that. But they're so sad when you see them. Like one of my friends, uh, Simone and Hanson, they're vegan, yeah. and they're hating the fact that I'm like doing this carnivore thing. Uh, and I, I can see it because like you know you see them in they're like confined little spaces and they're just yeah. like they don't know where they're about to go. Sure, you know it's kind of like. I don't know, it's so sad, right? And then but then I kind of just turn the eye when, when I go eat the buffet. Yeah, I mean, there's... I mean, if you think about it from a nature perspective, like, yeah. there's not a whole lot of uh, animals that are very uh, emotional about the food they're about to eat. I mean, yeah, you don't really see probably a lot of carnivores, carnivores or animals, like, being like, oh, this is my baby, I'm not going to eat it. Yeah. It's like, they just, they, just, they just eat it. But do you um, think, like, AI and artificial intelligence will do that to us? Like, they're going to be, like, I mean, why human artificial human intelligence, artificial so, intelligence so like and the then, like, vegan thing, right? artificial intelligence? What are you thinking about, like, the... Like, the like vegans and carnivores us? of AI. Oh, okay. You know? Like, yeah. for example, you have the AI that's, like, Dom. Yeah. It's like, oh, these humans, uh, like, doing our bidding. Yeah. And you have, like, the more passive uh, vegan AIs. It's like, oh, these humans are suffering. I would actually want AI to be more vegan than carnivore. <laughs> sure, I suppose from a... But yeah, you would not want... I mean, but that's saying like you don't want predators, right? They're just saying you... So I would just have to well, adapt, any, you're saying. Any prey would not want predators. Like, that's just... Why would they want predators? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. But then, yeah, it just gets weird when you go into that realm. Yeah. Because it's like, I don't know. Should I, maybe if I should take more mobility nirvana strength classes to really combat... The next evolution of mankind. Well, the, I mean, yeah, part of the nutrition part, right? Is yeah. I mean, have you felt different, like eating? Yeah, eating well, the diet? well, one of the biggest things is the first week I, I couldn't retain water. I was also scared because I wasn't like pooping regularly. I was like, "What's going yeah. on?" This used to be a daily thing. Yeah. Now it's just like, a, like, a, all right, you know. But I think yeah, the, I, you know, no more. I think about it, is like, should you really be, you know, taking your shit three times a day? You know what I mean? Like, all I know is when my dog eats, she poops within 10 or 15 minutes. Yeah. That that seems like pretty healthy, you know? Yeah, but what are you feeding your dog, though? Meat. <laughs> like real meat. She, dude, she was sick. Yeah. She, you saw it I mean, on most the people are feeding them, right? Dog, what we manufacture is dog food. And most yeah. dog food tends to be very high uh, carb. carbs. Yeah. Well, the, the, here's the thing. She was sick. She needed a blood transfusion. Do you remember that? Like, I was mm. like, telling her, I was like, we need to find a dog. He's like, heavy to do blood transfusion. We found the dog. But then the vet was like, you should just feed her raw meat. I kid you not, overnight, yeah. she didn't need a blood transfusion anymore. Cause she just, she had, she was she anemic. She just drank all the blood. Yeah, basically. Yeah. <laughs> she was like anemic, and then you saw her gums. It was like pale. Yeah. And then within a day, she was. Her personality came back, yeah. and I'm like, man, there's probably some humans out there that are in this rut, and they don't even know that that's the rut they're in because that's their normal. Well, I mean, you think about, yeah, I mean, animals, like, let's say dogs who are pets, like, 
there's a lot of vegan owners that will have a dog and they'll be like, oh yeah, my dog is vegan. It's like, well, your dog doesn't really have a choice. <laughs> they just feed it what you, what you give yeah. it. And that's very similar to like the gladiators of old, right? They were slaves. They were just fed. Yeah, we were talking were about given. that. Yeah. <laughs> so there's sometimes like, I've heard, you know, the vegan argument that like these massively strong dudes who were gladiators were on only a vegan diet well i was like well they probably had they were very, slaves they had they were slaves they were fed only what they were given and meat's expensive so they're not going to get meat because they have a very short lifespan they're, they're gonna die in like two days because they're gonna mm. fight soon um so their shreddedness is just starvation well yeah most of it i mean think about someone who's like skinny like really skinny but has like a raging six pack you know like it's like it's like it's a fat girl very, with big boobs sure yeah, yeah. that's a good example count. too it doesn't <laughs> count as much um but or a korean that break dances korean i mean that's pretty much all it's, Koreans. it's almost cheating yeah. <laughs> it is like cheating. that and karaoke did you do karaoke yeah I'll, I'll dabble in some karaoke you Here? want to do some karaoke i've never but i'm down yeah yeah well, you were just breaking out to song earlier right yeah That'd be cool. I th- there was a there was this uh, thing that I wanted when I was younger and before I like got into business and sales and marketing. My biggest angle was I was like I'm gonna be that Asian guy that travels the world with his ukulele and sings songs. But then when like you're traveling with a ukulele, everyone's always just like yo play me a song. Play. I'm like oh fuck this. And the ukulele is very hard to travel with. It like it breaks very easily. Does it? Yeah. Mm. Plus I'm not that good of a singer, but like. I'll, I'll I'll karaoke sesh if you want. Can I'm not yeah. I'm not big into karaoke very really? much. Really? I've only done it when I'm drunk. Yeah, we'll get some soul juice. Yeah. Soul juice. Soul juice. Soul juice. Soul juice. Soul juice. Yeah. Not soul juice. No. Well, you could call it. It is that, soul juice. It is soul juice. Yeah. <laughs> so what are you? You're working on something, stuff now, optimizing. Like your fitness life. wise? No, just I mean business wise. Well, I think one of the biggest things, right? Because all business is is networking and reallocating the network's resources to certain things that solve the pain point, right? Mm. So one of the biggest things I'm like super excited about is even like what we're doing right now, podcasting. Because for example, I, like you know people here in Bali, but you don't actually really know, know them until you have a one hour, two hour conversation, kind of like what we did, yeah. where you're just kind of authentically saying what's on the top of your mind, you're not reading any scripts, and not only will the person in front of you relate with you, but the audience that you're building, they actually know the real you instead of like the fabricated you, you know? Well, there's so much of, of social media now that is basically like you, uh, I mean, any professional models do a photo shoot, like they have like tens and thousands of photos and they're going to select three that they, yeah. that and then the three best ones, and then they're going to edit those photos before they you know put them online it's insane, and it's the same man. idea with uh instagram right well it's like crazy when you see like some of these girls on instagram they're beautiful they're like models they're like holy crap like i would like i just feel so inadequate if i just said hi to her or something then you see them in real life and they look like they're 12 you know sure like i remember i was a like our, one of my close friends he would always try to find a way to hit on girls on the beach yeah and um we were doing this video where we wanted to invite strangers to a villa that we rented okay we just thought okay that well it's kind of creepy but sure no no it was not, no no it wasn't a creepy way because we got this like villa and it was just me and him yeah we we're like man this is boring what if we got every single person in so many different ethnicities mm. for like a family dinner without them knowing each other 
Mm. Like, we're just going to come up, we're going to say what's up, and then they say yes, then they get free food right. at this villa and they communicate. Sure. So Ari was going around all of these places like, man, it was so savage. He went down to the beach and it was just like, you literally saw all these people looking at Ario as he's just like going down and he, he like, he's the most courageous person that can do anything when everyone's like saying, oh, I can't believe he's like getting rejected and he's still saying hi to more people. Yeah. And uh, yeah, like he said hi to these like people that looked super, they're, they're like maybe 21 or 22. Mm. Uh, they're like really skinny. They... Uh, more didn't really have uh what's called like the curvy physique you know okay. more yeah. like super skinny sure so i just thought they were just like regular girls yeah they're like oh let's just exchange instagrams yeah and then you look at their instagram like holy crap you are you do not look like that yeah. in real person yeah what yeah you said that to them though no 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 oh. no i'm not an <laughs> asshole i guess i'm an asshole but yeah. like no i was just surprised because I think one of the biggest things, especially with online, is you could build such a big brand, but then when they meet you, do yeah. they like you as a person? Well, I mean, this is the basic idea of, like, let's say, like, meeting apps like Tinder and yeah. Bumble, or even in so in Korea, they still have to uh, give a photo of themselves in their application like for their jobs. Like their passport? Well, not their passport, but it's... For Tinder it's, or for jobs? For jobs. Okay. Yeah, for Based jobs. So, like, looking, looking good is, like an important they see it as an important aspect of getting hired like uh i guess particularly for certain jobs but but that's how we judge a lot of people from the initial point of view i mean when we get have interviews like the first thing you do is you get dressed up into a suit yeah uh i think going on first dates is exactly like being on an interview right like so many especially people, if you go in the west like where do you go to school where do, and then yeah and then so many people also put on like a persona they put on a mask of someone who they're truly not yeah uh they will you know uh, in in korea one of the one of the big things is that the woman will pretend that they don't really eat very much yeah because if they if they were to eat a lot of food on the first date then the man would assume that they're just they're going to be fat when they get older but she's binge eating in the back she's been, yeah, yeah she yeah, has yeah. that pork that goat yeah. that brain everything. or they're overly uh they're overly feminine right because like some men really like feminine women um but it's not them right well it's not them truly yeah, yeah. and then until they get married and then they're they're caught and then it's like all right you're my husband now like i'm gonna yeah. be i mean be my real self mm -hmm. it's yeah. worse in thailand when like turns out that it's actually a dude you married, you know? <laughs> yeah. I think that'd be the biggest thing. But yeah, no, I think that's so hard because, you know, when you're not your authentic self and you're not pursuing what it is that lights your soul on fire, it's almost like it's almost like you're living a lie. You also get more drained of energy. Like ever notice, for example, when you love something it brings you on an upward spiral as opposed to if you're doing something that you hate it mm. brings you on a downward spiral it's the exact same thing with personalities if you're wearing a mask that you're wearing just to please other people it yeah. almost takes more from you you know how do you do you have a process that you or is there a way for you to kind of identify like who who you like to associate with like i mean i'm guessing you would want to be more with people who are true to themselves or more, more authentic see this is where it actually gets really mm. weird though because when does it get to the point if I to do that, then my ego gets in the way and then I just turn into this person that's like, oh, I'm not going to hang out with that person because, you know, he's not this, right? Or I'm not going to hang out with her because she doesn't have this. 
it, it's such like a weird balance, man. Because for example, you could also have the argument where you could say that my reaction to you is just a reflection of me. Sure. My uh, perception of you is just an awareness of me. Who's to say that if you're judging somebody else, it's because maybe deep down I'm actually ten times more insecure of the very thing that I'm judging that person for. Yeah. So, but your but your time at the end of the day is very limited, and yeah, the who you can spend. I mean, you're you're yeah. excited to spend time with me to do this podcast. Like, there's there's definitely got to be some situations where it's like, ah, oh, this is not going to work out. I'm just gonna yeah. cut my losses like quick and get out of here. Mm-hmm. Um, are there any specific things you look for with regards to, like who you want to like delve deeper into your relationships with? Yeah, I see where you're coming from. Like for for everyone. I'll try my best not to judge mm-hmm. no matter where they're at because I'm, I mean it's always just like uh, an exercise on your ego and mm-hmm. the story that you're telling in your brain I was uh, talking to Devin in one of the podcasts we were doing and he was doing this amazing concept of like the narratives that you're telling yourself yeah. on autopilot when you're not even noticing that they're there so it's so always good to just not judge but in terms of who I actually want to spend my time with one of the things that helps is not being on my phone too much or going on airplane mode. Mm. So like I'll get their notifications way, way, way later where it's already passed. And I generally choose to just spend most of my time with people that resonate with me, you know? Mm. And certain times, one of the things I also do is like getting into conversations with people that maybe intimidate me. Right? Like, I remember I got in a conversation with Devin, and I was like, man, this guy's so intellectual and so smart. I'm going to sound like such a dumbass in this podcast. Like, fuck, should I just, like, back out? I, yeah, he's right. a walking thesaurus. Like, he yes. has so much information Dude, in his head. We did a podcast. Yeah. Ten minutes in, I'm asking the questions that I thought I needed to ask, and I'm getting drained. I'm like, oh, man, like, he's getting so, like, cerebral. I'm like, because he's so smart. He's like a philosopher, right? Yeah. And then ten minutes in, I'm like, Okay, screw my ego. I'm just going to tell him, bro, <laughs> I do not understand anything that you're saying. Yeah. Can we like dumb me down for me? Yeah. And when I was just true to my word mm. on exactly, exactly what I was feeling, that's when the conversation took a life of its own. And um, that's, I think, one of the biggest things to be like authentic with people. Yeah. Don't be an asshole. Be like, no, I can't. You're too low vibrational. You know? Well, yeah. I mean, that's, that's, I think it's one of the hard things about, um, and when people conversate with, with uh, someone like Devin, who's a very high level yeah. thinker, is that he, depending on what the topic is and what how deep the conversation is going to get, like there is an assumption that the people that you're speaking with just understand what you're saying. They, they'll just, it's not that he thinks that you're like super smart or super dumb or whatnot. He just thinks that what his level of thinking of, of everything is like there's, many of the people that he conversates with are on a very similar level. Mm. Um, but then there's yeah, also there's that feeling that you don't also don't want to like sound stupid. So you just well, nod your head. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, it's like when people are reading a, a book and they yeah. come across words they don't understand. And then it's like, Oh, I just, I'll understand it from the context of the situation. Yeah. And they won't actually go and look in a book and or a dictionary and find out what the word, the meaning or the meaning of the word is. And they won't grow. Yeah. And then, you know, having conversations with him too, like I used to be very, sometimes we can be shaped by our, our, our environment. So I spent, you know, 10 years teaching basic speaking English to all these students in university and academies and stuff. And, I, and I've realized, like, through my conversations with him and Dom and, and just, like, normal high-level speakers of English that, like, my English level has just gone down. And I just speak in the most simplest terms because that's just who my audience was always... That's who I was talking to. Mm. 
So which has kind of helped to some extent because now I take like Devin's really like high level complicated ideas and I just I just immediately tried to break it down into the most simplest form I can think of. And that was like one of the suggestions I got, I think with regards to like our captions on Instagram was like, just pretend that your audience is like a bunch of five and seven year olds. Yeah. Um, and I like, think, and yeah. I think too, being able to break things down to a super simplistic form allows you to have a better understanding of what you're actually doing. Yeah. Was, I think Einstein said anybody can overcomplicate things. It takes a genius to simplify things. Mm-hmm. I think that's what's also one of Devin's strengths because when he realizes that you don't understand them, like what I did, the dude I don't understand you, he was able to break it down in the most like, like elementary uh, metaphors mm-hmm. that actually allowed me to understand, which just makes him a far more like really good effective coach and yeah, teacher. Yeah, he's you know? really good at stories yeah. too, that help people understand the ideas much better. Yeah, that, that's like the biggest thing I think when you're dealing with high caliber people, but it's also the exact same thing, for example, in fitness, right? And I learned this lesson a couple days ago uh, with Daryl when he was like lifting. It's kind of like the same concept of being worried about sounding like you're stupid so you never ask, Mm. and because of that you never grow. There are times where I was just focusing on lifting as much heavy weight as possible, and I didn't ever want to ask anybody for help because I'm like, well, what if they judge me? What if they think that I'm stupid? What if I'm doing this wrong? I'm just gonna like win the respect by lifting more weights. Sure. And I'm like, like I'm lifting with my ego. I'm doing like these uh, snatches, and then I'm putting like um, like the yellow ones on. So whatever that 15, 15 kilos. Yeah. yeah, which is like, like I haven't trained snatches for a long time. So that yeah. like I was like wobbling and going yeah. crazy. And you see Daryl, he's like this big dude, man. Like I, the first thing that I told him when I met him, I was like, dude, like I would never want to fight you. That was like the <laughs> like people say hi. Yeah. That was the first thing that I said before he knew yeah. me, like, dude. You look like you would just wreck, like mess me up. <laughs> he was lifting yeah. with just the green weights, which is which what? Is 10 kilos. 10, yeah. But he the form was good yeah. and everything was good. And then his, like, and he's huge. And most of the times you go to the gym, you never want to be the one with the lightest weights because, like, always you yeah. would be afraid to get judged, right? Yeah, I mean, that's a very, I mean, you find it a lot in very high high testosterone environments right yeah when you have uh, like a crossfit gym you walk in and as soon as you walk in you feel it right you just feel so much testosterone like running through the gym people automatically judging you if you're a big dude it's automatic assumption it's like oh this guy lifts a ton of weight i'm gonna watch him lift a big heavy weight but uh yeah it's, it's it can be hard to put your ego aside and really focus on the very specific things that you yeah. need to to get better. I mean, this applies to other aspects of life as well, too, right? To be humble. Humbling is, yeah, that's that's tough. And being open-minded enough to know that there could be a better way of, of doing things. Mm. Yeah. I think that's the problem with most people is they just let the ego get... Because they'd rather keep on doing what they're doing than prove what they were doing was wrong. Mm. So they'll end up hurting themselves. Either If not physically, then emotionally. If not emotionally, then financially not financially than spiritually, right? Yeah. I mean, it, it isn't a, such a bad mindset to be always under the assumption that there could be a better way of doing things that no matter what your level of expertise is, like always being open to the possibility that there could be something that could make your life significantly easier. Yeah. Um, no matter how, sometimes people mistake being lucky for being good at something. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you see a lot in uh, among like stockbrokers and stuff. 
but uh, I'm sure even in maybe even uh, your some areas that you've like worked on I mean there's there's definitely some people that will do maybe they get they get one viral video right or they get one viral whatever mute like even yeah. a song where you see it like in musicians right you'll get one amazing song and then they just then they just disappear mm. and it's like what happened to these people it's like oh well where are they now yeah you see they, them on the yeah, where, where are they now, where are they now? <laughs> yeah where are so, they now yeah that's that's i mean that's a very interesting i mean that could be even motivator right like mm -hmm. i don't want to be that one hit wonder that's a big motivating factor i think it wouldn't be bad to be like a one hit wonder i was talking to and i was be. like Man, like if we were ever a one-hit wonder, which country would you want to be in? He's like, dude, China. <laughs> Imagine living like the Hannah Montana life where you go to China, you're famous, yeah. you live a lavish life, yeah. and then you could go back to America and live like a normal life. Mm. You know? That'd be pretty fun. Yeah. No, it would be good. But, I mean, sometimes one-hit wonders can survive. Like, they can be famous for forever, really. Yeah. And they just live off To be known as that one-hit wonder guy or girl. Yeah, I don't know. That's a hard question. Would you want to be? Uh, no. You wouldn't be Ian anymore. You would be uh, the guy, like the backpack kid. If you ever see that backpack kid that was doing the, the floss. I don't know. Like, <laughs> like being known as the person that does that floss dance move or whatever. Sure. I don't, I don't know. Would yeah. you? Uh, no. Yeah, see. I want to more like keep myself. Like yeah. when I first started my brand, I wore like a red bandana and glasses to yeah. see if it could be like my... The Clark Kent, yeah, really? you know? Yeah. People would only notice me when my glasses and my red bandana. Yeah. And my hair was like unruly. It was like very froey. And yeah. I was like, okay, when I go out in public, I'll put contacts on. Like I'll cut my hair. Well, this was kind of an interesting thing with like the Dave Chappelle, right? It was yeah. like he just ended up getting so famous that he just like didn't want to, he didn't want to be famous. Like not to the extent that he was. And then he ended up just like, just basically just falling off the the planet and just going off and doing his own thing and just disappearing yeah i think it's like intention though because i feel like you could use fame as a tool but when you're just using fame just for fame mm. then it becomes empty mm. like there's some famous people that could use their audience to build amazing charities they could bring a bunch of attention to certain worldly matters yeah right but i feel like most people got into fame for the wrong reasons and because of that they lose themselves or when they got famous they're like holy crap this isn't what i expected and now they're stuck going to freaking every Whole Foods and like, oh, can I get an arm lift? Can I get a picture? You know? Yeah. Be annoying. That's why I would only want to be famous in China and just get the fuck out, you know? <laughs> yeah, it would be interesting to be famous in only a very specific country so then you yeah. can just leave that country at any point and just be yeah. a person. Yeah. Hmm. Dope. So what's, uh, you said you had a book out. What's this What's this book you did? The Lazy Man's Guide to Living the Good Life. Yeah, oh, that's a cool title, man. I like yeah. That. Yeah. Yeah, I wrote it in a day. In a day. How long yeah. is this book? Uh, 150 pages, 60 yeah. pages. Yeah, I was just like, <laughs> I, I had a good outline, and yeah. I was just like, <laughs> yeah, it's basically the first part of my life up until when I moved to Thailand. Okay. Yeah, so before I was doing a lot of things from like backpacking Europe to uh, backpacking all of America to spending 30 days in Vegas um, and so on and so forth or when I was in Peru. That was mm -hmm. like the first chapter, but it's, I feel like super old. I feel like I for sure changed from what I read in that book. Yeah. Yeah, and it was like so was cool. the last time you reviewed it? Like are there specific things that you would change or write? Oh yeah, like certain things. Um, 
for sure the language maybe because yeah. <laughs> i'm just like writing this from stream of consciousness mm. just like when people read it they're like man it literally reads like as if you were talking because mm. i wasn't thinking i was just like yeah okay so what have you done since then man i mean i lived in thailand i lived here i uh, you know it's like it's weird that that's pretty much the same person but it's almost like now i'm i feel like getting a little bit older you know i have okay. to focus on more things like impact instead of just okay it's not actually about going and meeting girls it's not just about making more money it's not about just doing all these things it's about well what's like the legacy you're going to leave behind right right what's like they say that a man dies twice the first time is when they're just dead the second time is when their name is said out loud for the last time mm. so it's like what man do i need to be to leave such an impact and such a crater that and then it goes back to ego like well fuck you mike like why do you want your name to actually be said yeah you know so i don't know i just i feel like where i'm at in my life right now i just want to Dude, at the end of the day, all we're really striving for is just love and connection and community, right? Yeah. So how can I optimize my entire life for that? Mm. This podcast is one way. Uh, networking with cool people, getting good friends with videographers and photographers. Yeah. Just like influencers in general, because when the time comes and I want to do something epic, then what's like the big family that I'm going to create? Yeah. You know? I think, yeah, I mean, the idea of having your, your name, you know, last... I mean, that's something that's, that idea of having that happen has been around for a really long time. I mean, think about the emperors and, and... Why do we want that, though? Like, I'm even talking a lot, I'm like, why do I want that? I mean, definitely people want to leave a legacy. I don't yeah. know, they, they always want to, want to be remembered, for sure. I mean, I think partially, too, it's just people are afraid of being forgotten. Like, they die, right, obviously, and now there's, like, then, like, they're afraid of the afterlife. Like, what is it? Right. Um, but I do, for me, it's, it's not so much about leaving uh, a particular legacy that people can like speak or they could see, is that if you could, and this is where I think of with regards to like having a, a massive ripple effect on the people around you and the environment that you're in, is that if you can instill a certain lifestyle or behavioral changes in people around you to be something that will, that helps them in in themselves like become a better person but even encourages them to then pass those that knowledge and that education off to the next person like a network marketing company kind of, of yeah but love and hugs. i mean eventually people will live a certain way and 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 behave in a certain way that it would help them op be like this what we're doing we're trying to optimize right so if you can encourage the most amount of people to even have the mindset of just becoming a better person Sure, like, you know, someone maybe, you know, 500 years later would be like, oh, man, where'd you, where'd you hear about this, like, particular system or plan or whatever? I think it's kind of the idea of, like, with stoicism, right, is that there's so many self-help books now that are kind of, like, basically they're just interpretations of yeah. this original text or this original philosophy. And uh, if we can just kind of continue to help mankind just become better versions of themselves, I think that's a cool thing to kind of leave behind unfortunately yeah. we're all going to have i mean the chances of actually having your name remembered like for like marcus aurelius and yeah. you, you never know though because i bet you, you know, they didn't even know 
they didn't have this thing like, oh, they're going to talk about me for years, right? Yeah. I think ultimately what it comes down to is... Like, but you're dead, though. Like, but you're dead, though. Yeah, like, but then you don't you even know. Fuck, yeah, right? exactly. Yeah, they don't know. know. They're getting some clout. Marcus Aurelius <laughs> Instagram follow. Yeah. Right. Seneca the younger follow. At the end of the day, it's, I feel like you just don't want to put anything to waste, right? Like we have this one life. We don't know what happens on the other side, right? It could be something awesome. It could be just be oblivion. Mm. But like, would you really just? Because everyone's all human beings. Nothing separates us from amazing people. No, nothing separates amazing people from homeless people. It's like at the end of the day, when you have one shot at life and you're going to die, are you going to make something that truly inspires? Like mm-hmm. the ripple effect that you're talking about. Um, well, I suppose, I mean, as as we're living, you know, the, the people who are more well off, you know, of course, they, you know, generally... Well, some people perceive them as living better lives because they just have more access to stuff. Not necessarily, I mean, there's definitely a lot of studies that say that you can only, up to a certain amount of money, like, you're, it is not going to make you happier. Yeah, I think it was like 60 grand. 60, 60, 70,000, something yeah. like that. I mean, of course. But in Bali, it'd be like, wow, it's like, tw- you don't even, 20, 20,000. Yeah. You're living you're in a fantastic right. life. What you yeah. want, we're wrong every day? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah goat, you want some goat, goat brain? You're good. But I think with the advances that we have now into like anti-aging stem cells um you know people are looking for this idea of like holy grail how can i live longer now you have a lot of money and having a lot of money extends your life right like could significantly right you could theoretically if you just had a ton of money and you were able to live until 150 years old and still be like super healthy like then you have like you have uh poor people who they always had the idea that no matter how good somebody had it, well, they're all everybody's gonna die at some point. So that's mm. kind of um, something that kind of equalizes everybody. But if you had like super rich people who eventually were like immortals, then oh, have you ever seen that movie? It was like with Justin Timberlake. <laughs> no, <laughs> I did not you, see you, you know any movie about, with Justin. You, you know what I'm talking about? It's called In Time. It's talking about In Time, where basically yeah. no one ages. Everyone just has this money, and it's called time. And you could transfer it to other people, and you pay in time, which is essentially oh, what people do. Okay, it's like a pretty dope movie. And then yeah. the rich people have all of these, uh, like machines that has all the time in the world. So, yeah. um, you literally every single day you see it, and then once it gets to zero, you're dead. Yeah. So whenever they would work, they would actually get paid in time. So then their number would go up. Mm. And then um, most people that were in the working class, they only had like two or four years, and then they yeah. would just make enough and then you saw like some of these millionaires on their arm it would be like one million years wow and they would pay for in time but so, would they they but they would li- they would be able to actually live for that long yeah yeah, yeah. oh and it'd be crazy because the movie was uh dope because he was in a poker tournament yeah and was he, it a good movie it, it was it was a really I mean, good metaphor like a good story. yeah it's a yeah. really good story yeah I, it was pretty good yeah, yeah. I wouldn't okay. say it's the best. It's it could have been time. better. Yeah, in time. Okay. I think that's what it is. <laughs> Which has some paper. But <laughs> okay. literally, like, uh, he was doing a bet, and then yeah. it literally got down to, like, one minute. Yeah. And then he ended up winning it, and then he got, like, 50 years. Yeah. And it was crazy, man. It was yeah. crazy. But it's, it's also kind of what you were talking about. Yeah. The most people right now that uh, work jobs that they hate, they're basically just trading their time for money. So it's essentially the same, 
Yeah, I mean, you think about the coal, like coal miners. You you're working very dangerous, hazardous yeah. jobs. Like you're you're sacrificing huge amounts of time for a, maybe a big payout that may or may not happen. And if it does, then great, you live great for a short period of time. But, but you also have like black lungs. So you're not even gonna enjoy it. You know. Yeah, it's tough. You know, it's tough to enjoy money when you're you're dying. Yeah. 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 And maybe we should probably talk, talk about something a little bit happier before we end on a No, we'll just end. Guys, life is short. You're going to die. Live your life. Yeah. <laughs> Outro. <laughs> yeah. So what's uh, what's next on your on your docket? You're just kind of living life, huh? Um, dude, my next one is all-you-can-eat meat right now. <laughs> yeah, that's a big one. I mean, I think that's yeah. one... The like Dom is, like, taking over the gym. With yeah, his he's like a venereal disease. He's like... He's like the carnivore chlamydia. <laughs> okay. Seriously, I've yeah. never met such a person whose beliefs were so rapidly widespread yeah. in a short amount of time. He literally came here, and then everyone's carnivore. Yeah, it's definitely... One man, man. What? He's going to leave a legacy of meat eaters. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, he's bringing a big like uh, meat eating kind of conference or something. Like yeah, he year. is? Yeah. Wow. That would be quite interesting. Yeah, I would just love to see where everyone eats after and to make sure I show up an hour early. Probably. There'd probably be no food. Yeah. Might have to what do your friends think about you I mean, besides Simone and, and others? I mean, at the end of the day, I'm not really like imposing any beliefs on anyone. Yeah. I think it gets unhealthy when you're like, you have to be vegan or you have to be carnivore, you know? Yeah, I think that's... I mean, I think with any... any it's weird that nutrition has become such a belief Religion. System. Yeah, like, and I don't... I don't particularly like the the zealotry yeah. of any you know diets, the, the, especially when we don't really know a ton about nutritional science. Like we do, we do know a lot. Yeah. But there was one thing that Dom said it was like we're like the one animal in the world that doesn't even know what the hell we're supposed to be eating. You know, like we're jumping or doing in our life. Yeah, no, we no idea of purpose, right? Um, we're just freaking meat sacks. Just we're trying super to smart, life. but also super stupid at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. Like, there's some present animals that look so happy and they don't have any worry. They don't have to worry about taxes. They don't have to worry about, you know, paying the mortgage. They're just like running around naked and having a good time. Present, eating food, not really caring about, oh, well, you know, like, I I, I can't eat spinach today or I can't eat gluten. They're just, you know? Yeah, I gotta make a podcast. Yeah, I gotta make a podcast. (laughs) But I feel like we've gotten so smart and it's kind of like the disease of abundance to have so much information in the palm of your hands to be willing and able to do anything you ever want out of life yeah. and having too much options that you just default to not doing anything yeah no no very true man i mean yeah i mean even deciding like what kind of exercise regime you want to do like, right? there's so many options like there's animals trying to survive they don't give a fuck about your you squatting versus you like hand cleaning you know yeah no, very true, man. Cool. So you're going to go get some meat now, yeah? Yeah, lots. Yeah. Cool. Bacon. You ate two kilograms. I don't know. Maybe I should start weighing. That was one time, yeah. You should weigh it one time and see how it goes. I feel like I ate a lot, though. Yeah, but it's always interesting. You can always try to up yourself every time you go. Yeah, but then when does it get to the point where it's just like an ego three thing? Kilos, just like, three kilos. Three kilos. Three kilos before you die? Probably. Dom, what Dom says, like, there's a, there actually is a certain amount of meat that you would eat before you just your body starts rejecting it. Well, I mean, because the stomach so. is finite. So, of course, unless you're, like, constantly pooping it out as you're eating. 
Uh, There's like a physical <laughs> limitation. For of course, food. yeah, yeah. Unless if you're at Korean barbecue, then there's like no bottom. No bottom. You Zero. Because you'll digest it by the time you the next plate comes in. Because they're like, they're so thin, you know? Mm. You smash a lot of meat, I think, at Korean barbecue. True. Cool. Yeah, so this is sponsored to you by Korean barbecue. <laughs> Korean barbecue. All right. Well, thank you, everybody. Uh, thanks again to uh, Mike Castillo for coming on. I'm sure uh, we'll have him come on again in the future and talk more uh, specifics about projects, where he's at, uh, things he's working on. The meet I'm meeting. Yeah. Uh, where can uh, everybody find you? Uh, MikeVasile.com. Everything's there. Yeah. Instagram and YouTube yeah, and everything. It's all there. You know? Everything's yeah. there. Yeah. It'll all be posted, Pinterest. too, with the, yeah. with the post as well. Uh, thank you again for listening to the Nirvana Strength Practitioners Panel. And uh, see you in Bali at Nirvana Strength. See you there.